say and set aside prayer. God, please set aside everything I think I know about you, God, the steps for recovery, the big book, what's best for me, what's best for others. Especially help me let go of all my old ideas so I can live on your truth. Heavenly Father, have grace and mercy on me. Help me to glorify you today by carrying your message. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right, we're on there is a solution. And every time I go through it, I get something more out of it. I saw something new uh, that I hadn't actually seen before. I'd seen it, but I didn't verbalize it. Uh, we, we covered chat page 24 tomorrow, yet last week, uh, I can't remember, Wednesday. And on page 24, and we have a few new people here, and we're, this is, there's a solution describes the first step and what the solution looks like and where we got it from. And the first 43 pages in this book are about step one, really. And if we don't completely have step one happen in our lives, nothing good's going to happen. And then the rest of my life, I have to keep that step alive. And step one isn't something I work on or I intellectually understand. It's something that happens to me when I can see the truth about my situation, when I can see that I have no power to ever not drink and that my life is completely unmanageable and I can't manage it anymore. And things have caved in on me. And that's a gift. They talk about here at the top of 25, but for the grace of God. I think that was a gift. And I think a lot of people get that gift, but whether you sustain it or not is up to you. And so you get the gift of desperation, the gift, gift of truth. But to keep that alive, you have to take action. And on page 24, there's the famous paragraph, the fact is, well, just above that they say, every alcoholic passes into a state where the most powerful desire to stop drinking is absolutely of no avail. And it says the tragic situation has already arrived in practically every case long before it is suspected. Now, what does that mean? It means if you're an alcoholic wanting to quit Drinking won't help you at all. And the, the tragic situation is that that happens before you even realize it. And it happens to people who never make it to AA. They keep having a plan on how they're going to not take the first drink. And it never works. And after a while, I think uh, towards the end, people don't try, even try. They're just in this downward spiral and then eventually uh, they die of alcoholism, the liver gives out, something happens. Um, and so they follow that up with the fact is that for most alcoholics, for reasons yet, yet obscure, have lost the power of choice and drink. You know, a lot of people read that and say, great, but have you lost the power of choice and drink? That means that you have no power to choose not to drink today. Now that's kind of scary if you're an alcoholic. So then they say, my willpower becomes practically non-existent. Well, how can that happen? Do you, are you brain dead? Does somebody uh, hypnotize you? No, because right before you drink, you can only see what it's going to do for you, not to you. Now, drug addicts can understand that. All addicts can understand that. Alcoholics can understand that. 
So right before you drink it, you can't see that it's bad because you want the effect. And if you can't see that it's bad, you won't say, I won't drink it. And that's why you have no power over alcohol. Never, ever. You'll never have it again on your own. Now, why do I say that? Well, because the power comes from God. And the only choice I have now is to choose to seek God. And he gives me the power. But if I think on my own I have the power not to drink today, I'm screwed. Because then I won't seek God. And then I won't have the power. It says, I'm unable at certain times to bring it to my consciousness. My consciousness with sufficient force, the memory of suffering and humiliation of even a week or a month ago. So when's the certain time going to be? That's the point. People read this and say, well, I know when that certain time comes and I'll be okay. No, because at certain times, I cannot consciously see that I don't, I don't want to take that drink. I have no power over it. And then when I have that, I don't have a spiritual awakening. I'm spiritually dead. If I can't bring it to consciousness with sufficient force, the memory of suffering and humiliation of even a week or a month ago. So how do I bring that into consciousness? God brings it into my consciousness. I have a problem. I have conscious separation from God and no power not to drink. And the solution is conscious contact with God and a power not to drink. So you see that? And it says we are without defense against the first drink and, and write in your books forever. That's the thing. People think they get power and that they get smart. And they, they go to meetings and they, they do the deal and then they got power. No. No, we don't do it. We don't get that. We get it from God. So what I seek is the relationship with God in my life. And that gives me power. And so just being in the fellowship won't give you the power. Going to meetings won't give you the power. It's the action of the steps that produces the spiritual awakening, this conscious contact with God, so that on the way to the liquor store, God will say, bad idea. You don't want to do that. Don't do it. In fact, you won't even go on your way to the liquor store because God will say, no, you don't want to get in the car. Bad idea, Michael. And, and you will have learned a way to live where when you used to want to drink, You'll, you'll turn to God. And you won't even think about alcohol. Isn't that amazing? And that's what AA is really all about. And it says, on the next page, there is a solution. So notice the squiggly writing on 24 says you're going to die, basically. You're going to drink yourself to death or your miserable life. And then on the next page, it's there's a solution. So you have contrast. Now, there's one thing. And there's a solution that I don't think I've mentioned before on this page. But they don't talk about drinking. They don't talk about drinking alcohol in the solution, if you notice. So there is a solution. Isn't that good? Because remember, I have a hopeless condition of mind and body. But it's seemingly hopeless because there is a solution. Now, before this book was written in 1939, there was no solution. So see what the solution is. Almost, it starts out with almost none of us. That means none of us. Like, so the solution is like the self-searching, 
the leveling of my pride, the confession of shortcomings which the process requires for its successful consummation. So the solution that we don't like is I'm going to search in myself. I'm going to search in myself for the truth and face it be rid of the things that are blocking me from God. And that's step four. And the leveling of my pride, because remember, pride and fear kill me. Alcoholics live in fear, and to protect themselves, they have excessive pride. And pride goeth before the fall, but that's not true for alcoholics. And what they're saying here is that I have to destroy my self-centeredness. It has to be destroyed, and the process of the step destroys that. And why? Because if I'm self-centered, then I'm running the world, and then I don't like the way it's treating me, and then I get angry, and I get fearful, and I do bad things and have shame and guilt, and my mind says, get a drink, Michael. And usually you deserve it. You've tried so hard. They won't listen. They don't understand you. You know, blah, blah, blah. You know, the nonsense that we get in our brain. The confession of shortcomings. Shortcoming is what am I short of? short of God's character when I'm in self. And so I would need to confess that to myself, to God and another human being. And then I want to practice God's character the rest of my life. And this is what's required. It doesn't say you might want to do this. None of us liked it, but you better do it because without that, you're not going to have a solution. Requirement. So what's required for a successful consummation? And the consummation here is to consummate a relationship with, with God. And then you have power. You're not perfect. You're still a mess. But you, you have a power that will remove the obsession, the drink, and a power that you'll go to when things are going well. So it says, and it, it's written kind of strangely. It's not easy to follow. Almost none of us liked. But... It doesn't matter if you like it. We saw that it really worked in others. And that's what AA is supposed to do. It's supposed to show new people, we have some new people here today, that this really works. So you might not like it, but do it. Why? Because it works. Now, if you have a better plan, try it. We have a tragic situation. Somebody I love and I've worked with now for two and a half years, and He's in the psych hospital, he's 39, he got a DUI, he uh, uh, got fired from his job, his wife's uh, filing for divorce. So I talked to his dad and I found a residential place that he could go to for several months and there's sober living and it's out of the state and it's away from everything. Not that that's gonna fix him, but he needs to learn how to live sober in a situation that will give him some power till he finds this relationship with God. So the dad goes, well, he's 39 and I really need to talk to him about it and make sure he's okay with it. I said, wait a second. He's lost the power of choice to decide what's best for him because that got him here. You need to be tough. He said, well, I heard that you're talking about me. I've heard I'm pretty tough, but in a nice way. I said, well, your, your son's dying. And, and, and he, you need to understand that and that he, he's not capable of making right decisions anymore. And you have to tell him where to go. 
I don't know if that makes sense. Because we've tried everything else. He's been in treatment four times in the last four months or five months. And now he's, he's losing everything, plus his liver's getting bad. And so because you love people, and so, um, and, and we can see that it really works. And you can be here and see it works in others, but you don't think you need to do it. That's the other thing. Alcoholism tells me I'm not that bad yet. I can still, I can still figure this out. They're overreacting. I'm not coming back to this meeting. He talks too much. There are three new guys. They're probably already saying that. Don't worry, I'm not going to go on forever. Stop, stop it. They're giving me a hard time. But we had come to believe. So we saw it really worked in others. And I had come to believe in the hopelessness and futility of life as I had been living it. So I, I may not have liked it, but this is what I need to do. I had come to believe in the hopelessness and futility of life as I have been living it. How did you do that? Drinking, being self-centered. And you have to come to that point that you can see your life is hopeless and futile. Now, you can't help somebody see that. I've worked with a lot of people who were hopeless and futile, and they can't see it. Why? Because they don't want to follow instructions. They're not willing to go to any length. They're not desperate. And then it says, there are those who cannot or will not do the simple program because they're constitutionally incapable of being honest with themselves. Have you ever heard that read? How many times? Does anybody really understand it? No. But here's what it means that until you come to believe in the hopelessness and futility of your life as you've been living it, until you can be constitutionally honest to seeing that, you cannot or will, you will not do it. So when I'm approached by those in whom the problem had been solved, so you're supposed to approach the new person and you're supposed to tell them what you were like and what you did. And then they can, uh, they, they, are approached by someone who is solved, there's nothing left. All they have to do is pick up the simple kit of spiritual tools laid at our feet. Well, what does that mean? It means do the deal. Follow all the instructions from page 25 to page 88. You'll never drink again. And they're laid out very simply, and that's why I did the site. So it's, it's laid out. So if you pick up the simple kit of spiritual tools, what happens? You find much of heaven. You have a relationship with God. And it, notice, it says you're rocketed into a fourth dimension of existence in which we had not even dreamed. The fourth dimension, rocketed into it. Well, what does that mean? It sounds good. It means you've entered the world of the spirit where God's the center of the world and you're not. Now you've lived your whole life where you were the center of the world and you didn't even know that world existed. And when you live in the world of the Spirit, or Holy Spirit for those who are believers, then God has power in your life. You have power. If I live in my world, I have no power. I did have power. I had power to make bad decisions and screw up my life. And I had a lot of power, but it was self-power. I need God power. So I have to give up self-power. So if you're new, go back into your room or wherever you are and put on your pillow, fire myself. And fire yourself all the time, and your life will get better. 
But I don't know how to fire myself when I came in here. I didn't even know I needed to. And now I know I do, and I have tools to fire myself all the time. And here's the great fact. So they tell you the solution, and then they tell you what, 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 what it's like when you have the solution. When you have the solution, you have deep and effective spiritual experiences. And what does a spiritual experience do? And I, I put out, I think, eight talks on the spiritual experience. And I looked at the steps and how it's related to this. When I have a spiritual experience, I have re revolutionized, which means a fundamental and sudden change, my whole attitude towards life. It's not all about me anymore. It still is, but not all the time. I'm still my favorite subject. and. Uh, I'm very good at it, but I, 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 I can check myself, you know. And then I, I live with a uh, very black belt Al-Anon who's always telling me when I'm doing that. You get it? Uh, but, but you change. I want to see who I could help today. I prayed this morning, who, who can I, who will you put in my life that I can help today, God? It's not about what I need or what I want. It's about serving him and serving his children. And my whole attitude towards life, it's not about me or what I want, towards my fellows, towards my other people, towards God's universe. So I want to be of service, rather, and that's my role, trusted servant. And the central fact in my life, so that's the great effect, that this spiritual experience has changed my whole way of life. I've gone from self-centered to God-centered. Now that seems pretty simple, doesn't it? Now, it's very hard because alcoholics, we don't want to give up on self. And we fight it to the end. And the only thing that, that helps us, makes us give it up is we're defeated. We're completely defeated by the disease and we surrendered. We don't surrender. We don't voluntarily say, okay, I'm going to give up on my self-centeredness today. That never happens. We are beaten to the point we're surrounded by the guns. And we have no choice but to be surrendered then the surrender you make uh, intellectually or emotionally is in the third step where you decide you're not going to play God. But the first decision is made by your being surrendered. Now, the central fact of my life today, this is true, is the absolute certainty. Notice, absolutely certain. They went from certain times you're absolutely certain to drink to certain times that you have absolute certainty that God has entered into my hearts and my life in a way which is indeed miraculous. It's a miracle that you know I'm where I am today. I see other people that I know are miracles. I know what their story is. And if you're new, it can be true for you. But until your creator enters in your hearts and lives in a way which is miraculous, nothing's going to happen. And it doesn't happen by wanting it. It happens by doing and seeking him. He has commenced. Notice, he's the one who's doing it. When people have birthdays, and Julie didn't give me a chance this morning, I always ask people, how did you do it? How did you let God do it? Because it's all God. If I start taking uh, pride in how long I stayed sober, and Michael's so great, and this and that, well, I'm screwed. I have to stay humble. I have to understand this. But for the grace of God, go I. He has commenced to accomplish those things for me which I could not do for myself. I'm not drinking today. I'm not obsessed with drinking. I'm not thinking of myself all the time. 
I'm thinking of those I can help. I'm watching for selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear. I'm trying to practice God's will for me, which I keep it simple, LPTKCC. Love, patience, tolerance, kindness, considerate compassion. If you're seriously alcoholic as we were, I wrote, get a heart transplant. I don't know where. I've, I've had this book for 15 years. <laughs> That's pretty good. It says, get a, I wrote, get a heart transplant. If you're seriously alcoholic as we are, we believe there's no middle of the road solution. That's why people die. They think there's a third door. You know, surrender and practice the steps, or maybe I'll do a little bit, I'll do this. They have a plan. The only way I've got where I am today is to give up on my plan, and I have to give up on it every day. My plan will never work. I have to have God's plan in my life. When I, when I, if you're in a position where life has become impossible, and here's the key line, if I've passed into the region from which there is no return through human aid, now that's not a good place. That means that nothing can help you. Meetings won't help you. Fellowship won't give you the power. It will get you to get to where you can take the actions to get the power. I'm not saying they're good. But human aid, I cannot fix the 39-year-old man that I talked about. And I told his dad, you cannot fix him either. It has to be God. But you have to put him in a place where he has a chance to begin that journey to find God and allow him to work in your life. So you have only two alternatives. If you pass through the region in which there's no human aid, one is to go into the bitter end. And then people go into the bitter end, they block out the consciousness of their intolerable situation as best they could. In other words, they just, you know, they wake up and then they drink or they use. And they say, well, I'm going to stop. And then the next morning they wake up and they drink and they use. Anybody done that? Anybody understand that? And the other is to accept spiritual help. And so there's only two choices. If you've lost the power of choice to drink, you only have two choices. Are you going to go on to the bitter end or are you going to accept spiritual help? And it says, this was because we honestly wanted to and willing to make the effort. That's a line you don't hear read at all. You don't hear this read at all at meetings, these pages. I don't think I've ever been to a meeting discussion me where the page was read. We honestly wanted to. Do you honestly want to? And are you willing to make the effort? Now, they're not talking about a little effort. They're talking about a 100% effort. OK, now we're going to go to page 567. And we're going to read about the spiritual experience as they describe it. Now, this was written in the second edition. It wasn't in the first edition. And people didn't understand what was required to ch produce that central fact and the great fact. And there was a little confusion, because in the book it describes these sudden changes. And this is really good stuff. The term spiritual experience is spiritual awakening are used many times in this book, which, upon careful reading, now Joe and Charlie in their famous big book study says alcoholics don't read carefully. And 
I actually laughed when I heard that. It, it may be. Which upon careful reading shows that the personality change sufficient to bring about recovery from alcoholism, to bring about recovery, to bring a recovered state, a personality change has manifested itself among us in many per different forms. So I have to have a personality change. My whole personality has to change. What does that mean? The way I think. And then the way I act as a result of my thinking has to change. I can't rely on myself and my thinking anymore. I can't believe what my mind's telling me all the time because it lies to me. And so I have to be able to have a personality change where I can see the truth about my thinking and I can live on it. Yet it is true that our first printing gave many readers the impression that these personality changes or religious experience must be in the nature of sudden and spectacular upheavals. And they may be. Now, I believe they always are sudden and spectacular. They just keep happening. And, and like Sandy Beach says, suddenly you realize that God is doing for you what you cannot do for yourself. And that could happen five times a day. But it's always suddenly. It's always sudden. I'm aware. I, I do it all the time when I've made up my mind I'm not going to like something. Have you ever done that? And then I do it, and it's great. I said, well, why did I wait so long to do that? And you see, but it was a sudden change. And uh, now Bill Wilson's change had to be sudden, and it had to be powerful. Because he had to, it was like Paul, Saul on the Damascus Road. Anybody familiar with scripture? He was, he was the Pharisee of Pharisees headed to Damascus to kill Christians. And on the Damascus Road, uh, he was stopped by a blinding light. And Jesus said to him, why are you persecuting me? And then he became blind. And then he was taken into Damascus uh, by the people he's traveling with. And then he says, you're going to teach and you're going to spread the gospel to the world. Now, Saul was on his way to killing people, and then all of a sudden, he's become the greatest evangelist and writer and minister that the world's ever seen. How'd that happen? Now, if, if, if he had had to go to 90 meetings in 90 days, I don't know if that would have worked. So he had to have had a sudden change, and that was God, worked directly in him. And the same thing happened with Bill W. He was in the hospital. And he went in dying, and while he's there, he's thinking of all the people he can help and save. And it says, um, happily for everyone, this conclusion is erroneous. In the first few chapters, a number of sudden revolutionary changes are described. Though it was not our intention to create such an impression, many alcoholics have nevertheless concluded that in order to recover, they must acquire an immediate an overwhelming God consciousness followed at once by a vast change in feeling and outlook. That didn't happen to me. But as I've worked the steps, and as I've done this study over 15 years, I think I've changed. And I'm different today than I was in 2008 when I started this meeting. And I've done three a week for all those years. and I don't know, 1,500, 1,600 meetings. But I have, I, I, I've, I've changed 
I've changed my personality gradually. But when I look back, it's profound from where it was when I came in. Among our rapidly growing membership of thousands of alcoholics, such transformations, though frequent, are by no means the rule. So how did I go from when I have fear today, I know that it's not true, it's a wrong belief, it's not in the now, I need to say the prayer, God remove my fear of whatever it is and direct my attention to what I should be. And then I do that prayer and what should I be? How did I get to that? It, it, something happened. And so I, I'll do that today if a fear does come up. If I start judging somebody today or something, I may have done it already during the meeting. If I did, forgive me. But I say, well, it's not true. It's a wrong, ju it's wrong, wrong judgment. And I'm wrong. And I need to be loving and tolerant. And we're all God's kids. And how can I be helpful to them? And God save me from being angry. You see how it works? And that's become automatic to me. But that, that transformation didn't happen all at once. It's gradually. And what happens is you get quicker to allow God to change you. You don't wait as long. The longer you're in recovery, when you're disturbed, you, you uh, pause and you ask for the right thought or action more quickly. You, when you're disturbed, you know you're wrong. You don't want to stay in it. You call someone. You, and because if you're new, you're disturbed. That's how we live. And then we drink or use. So we have to learn how to gradually use the steps and God and other people to get undisturbed. Um, it says, most of our experiences with the psychologist William James caused the educational variety. Well, what happens is when you come in, you're in kindergarten. And then you gradually go to first grade. And then you go to second grade. And then you graduate from high school. And then you go to college. And then I went to medical school. Well, I wasn't done when I graduated medical school. I did just six years of training so I could be a blood and cancer specialist. And then, bad news, I had to keep listening to CDs and studying the rest of my life to keep up on all the new stuff. And it never ends. So this, this process, this path to God never ends. You never graduate. But you get further along and you get better at it. And you see it works, so you want to keep going. Quite often, friends of the newcomer are aware of the difference long before he is himself. You see, your family can see it, people can see it. And he finally realizes whenever that happens, that's sudden, that I have undergone a profound alteration in my reaction to life. And remember, it was my reaction to life that was my alcoholism, because it was wrong. It was reacting with the way I, Michael saw it. But now I want to react the way God sees it. And on page 85, for those who are new, it says we, can, we recall from alcohols from a hot flame. And that's because we're in the world of the spirit. We're in step 10. And we do that when we're in fit spiritual condition. So when I'm in fit spiritual condition, that means I'm awake to God at, at that point. And I'll see things differently. And I can get asleep to God. And in unfit spiritual condition, all of us, but we have these steps to go from fit to unfit. We don't want to stay unfit. And the change can't be brought about by me alone. What takes place in a few months could seldom have been accomplished by years of self-discipline. 
With few exceptions, our members find that they have tapped an unsuspected inner resource. And that's what we call God. It's unsuspected. Why? Because we never used it. And why do we have a chapter, we agnostic, those without knowledge of God? Well, a lot of people come in here and they believe in God. So why do we have a chapter on that? Because they've never allowed God to work in their life and God was an unsuspected inner resource. And until we work the steps, he's not unsuspected anymore. In fact, I know he's there. So why don't I go to him sooner? Which they presently identify with their own conception of a power greater than themselves. Most of us think this awareness of a power greater than ourselves is the anxious essence of a spiritual experience. Other members call it God conscious. I'm aware today when I'm disturbed that there is God and I'm seeing it wrong and I need to allow God to work in my life and say, God, change the way I'm seeing this. What's the truth of it? Things aren't good and bad anymore. They just are. And how do I react to it? God, help me react to it. That's what the serenity prayer is all about. Most emphatically, we wish to say that one, any alcohol are capable of honestly facing his problems. So that means, can you see the truth about your experience? Can you see the hopeless and futility of your life? Are you in enough pain? Are you desperate? Can recover, too, provided he does not close his mind to all spiritual concepts. In fact, if you're an alcoholic and you close your mind to anything, that's going to kill you. You have to be open-minded to everything. Every suggestion, every direction, you have to say, yes, good idea. He can only be defeated by an attitude, this is what will defeat you, intolerance or belligerent denial. Now, I've seen some belligerent denial in my time in AA. I may have been that way when I came in. I, I can't remember. I know I drove <coughs> my sponsor crazy. I called him all the time. He ran out of minutes on his phone. But I don't think I had belligerent denial. You know why? I was so bad. I was willing to go to any length. I was in so much pain, and my life was such a complete mess that I, I, I was willing to do anything. So I can't be intolerant, and I can't have belligerent denial. And what's the opposite? They're going to tell us what the opposite of that is. We find that no one need have difficulty <coughs> with the spirituality program. It's not that difficult. Willingness. That's the ob opposite of intolerance or belligerent denial. Honesty and open-mindedness are the essentials of recovery, but they're indispensable. Willingness, honesty, and open-mindedness. So I said at one meeting, it was in this room, I said, well, how? Honest, open-mindedness? No, I said, who? I said, who? Stop it. I said, who? Willingness, honesty, and open-mindedness. This was about 20 years ago. And we had two experts in AA who sat right over there, and they would sit like this with their arms folded and evaluate everything that everybody said. And so the guy goes, we don't have who in AA. We have how. So I felt terrible because everybody's looking at me, loser. Michael's a loser. You know, he's so stupid. How could he say who? And then... Uh, what did I say? Was it who or how? I can't even remember anymore. You said how. Yeah, how. And then I looked at the chapter and chapter five, how it works. I said, well, well, maybe I'm not a loser. 
So then I started a new meeting. I started the Sunday night meeting. I had started the Saturday teaching the book, and then I started a Sunday night to teach the book. So that may have been good. I, we used to have a lot of people on Sunday nights. There's a bar principle against, which is a bar against all information, which is a proof against all arguments, which cannot fail to keep a man in everlasting ignorance. The principle is content, pro, contempt prior to investigation. I've had that. I have it on Netflix. I'll look at the picture, and I won't like it. I'll say, that looks stupid. And I won't investigate. Then a year later, I'll watch it. I'll say, boy, that was great. I'll do that with books. I'll do that with, with things my wife suggests we do. You get, no, I don't want to do that. And so now I have a rule that if I don't want to do something, I need to do it. I wrote here, I have to let go of old ideas. And that's, remember it says, we have to let go of all our ideas absolutely. Or the, what, what happens, the results nil. And what they're talking about is, everything I think I know when I come in here is wrong, and I have to let go of it all. And open my mind to new things. So I went too long. Uh, I hope you'll forgive me, but I really uh, got a lot out of it. I enjoyed it. Thank you, and uh, you, you guys come back.